I am going to ask you and everybody who's listening to this, unless they're driving, you just close your eyes for a second. I want to tell a story, which is going to help give some perspective to who I am and some of the ways that I entered into the world. And I'll tell you when to open them. If you can imagine going to a store, having a successful shopping trip, going through the checkout line with a breeze, heading outside, feeling the warmth of the sun on your face, the breeze starts to blow through your hair, you're headed to your car, look up in the sky, and you just are, are filled with joy because you just know you've got a great day ahead of you. You get to your car, you fumble with your keys to open the door, and as you're doing that, you turn your head and you see a truck barreling 40 miles an hour right at you with no time to react. Go ahead and open your eyes. That's where this portion of my story begins. My guest today is an incredible motivational speaker, passionate performance coach for both personal and business growth, and a business strategist who cares in helping individuals achieve the best version of themselves. In other words, their most authentic self. If you're not already on your way to being self-aware, be prepared because today's guest, Brian Bogert, is going to put you in the driver's seat. So if you're ready, let's go ahead and jump right in. My mom, my brother, and I had gone to our local Walmart to get a one-inch paintbrush. And as we were headed back to our car, I've always had an excitement bigger for life. So I was, of course, the first one there. I wanted to get home and put that paintbrush to use. This was back in the days, however, before we had key fobs. So I had to wait for my mom and brother, who were three, four feet behind me, to actually catch up so she could put her key in the door, turn it, and we could go on with our way. And as I was standing there, there was a truck that pulls up in front of the store. Driver, middle passenger, park and get out. And the passenger all the way to the right feels the truck moving backwards. So he did what any one of us would do, Jack, and he scooted over to put his foot on the brake, but he instead hit the gas. Combination of shock and force threw him up on the steering wheel, up on the dashboard, and before you know it, he was catapulting across the parking lot 40 miles an hour right at us with no time to react. Now, we were in an end spot. So he goes up and over the median, up and over the tree in the median, hits our car, knocks me down, runs over me diagonally, tears my spleen, leaves a tire track scar on my stomach, and continues on to completely sever my left arm from my body. So there I am laying on the ground on the parking lot on a 115 degree day in Phoenix, Arizona. My mom and brother watch this whole thing happen. They look up and they see my arm about 10 feet away. Fortunately for me, so did my guardian angel. She saw the whole thing take place. There was a nurse that walked out of the store right when this happened. She saw the literal life and limb scenario and I am forever indebted to her for her choice to go into action versus turning her head and walking away. She came over and immediately stopped the bleeding on the wound and saved my life. And she instructed some innocent bystanders to go inside, grab a cooler, put my arm on ice within minutes, give me a fighting chance of having it reattached. So I know that many people were probably not expecting it to go there today. <laughs> Start, <laughs> no. Starting with a story right out of the gate like that. And I, and I realized after all my time of doing this, I have a very, very unique story. But I also realized that we all have unique stories. What's important is that we pause and become aware of the lessons we can extract from our stories and then become intentional with how do we apply them in our lives. And we all have the ability to do that. We also all have the ability to tap into the collective wisdom of other people's stories to shorten our own curve to learning. I'll share with you two primary lessons real quick and this will fast forward to what I'm doing today. And then we can jump in and take it wherever you wanna go. Okay. The first is I learned not to get stuck by what has happened to me, but instead get moved by what I can do with it. And the second I didn't realize until far later, see it seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, although I was the one having surgeries done to me, although I was the one having to put in the work in occupational and physical therapy, I was also being guided through the process. So I was a little bit in a fog. My parents, however, were not. They were intimately aware of the unceasing medical treatments, years of physical therapy. And the idea of seeing their son grow up without the use of his left arm was a, great, was a source of great potential suffering for them. 
So they willed themselves day in and day out to do what was necessary, what was tough to ultimately embrace the pains required to strengthen and heal me. So whether it was intentional or not, what they did was they ingrained in me a philosophy and a way of living, which is to embrace pain to avoid suffering. And I believe when we do this right, that's also where we gain freedom. And that's where people can have the opportunity to have joy, freedom, and fulfillment enter into their worlds. So it's these two concepts I use to not only overcome this unique injury, how my business partners and I scaled our last business to over 15 million within the span of a decade, and now how as a human behavior and performance coach, we're flipping it on its head to help individuals and organizations just like you, just like the people listening, become more aware, more intentional, and who they already are, their most authentic selves. See, I believe this is when magic happens and the door starts to crack the perspective, motivation, and direction. And it's these reasons that we are committed to trying to impact a billion lives by 2045. Because if we can allow people to have joy, freedom, and fulfillment enter into their worlds, reduce the level of suffering on this planet by doing so, allow them to have the permission so that they can stand confidently and convicted on their own two feet as exactly who they are, knowing the world will not just accept them for who they are, but will embrace them for who they are. That's where I believe this world's going to be a more beautiful place for my kids and my grandkids. I'm with you on that 100%. Now, a lot of what you're saying really sounds like, and I, I, you are about, as it says on your website, the authentic self, authenticity. And it seems like to me, a lot of times, a lot of people like to point the finger, put either the blame or say the, um, the, the cause is over there. The effect is what's happening to me. And therefore I need to change that rather than looking at themselves. Is that kind of in the right direction? I think there's a lot of that that takes place. I think there's a lot of individuals who feel like they are a victim, that they feel like life is fate, like they have no influence or control of their destinies. And I'm a big believer in this idea of self-awareness and ultimate accountability and ownership in, in us. I think everything begins and ends with you, right? And so often when people see something outside in the world, I think what is happening, the discomfort, the rub, the pain, the whatever they're experiencing is really pointing them at what's important. And if they're listening, they'll realize that it begins and ends with them. And if they turned it to themselves, that intrinsic journey would actually allow them to be free versus being stuck by whatever's happening in the external world. So how does one turn it around and look at themselves and say, okay, what do I need to do? How do I take ownership? Is there a formula to do that? Or is there, is it different for each individual? So I think there's some general things that almost seem like a formula, uh, but they are not necessarily because I think it really is different based on every single person. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I can answer this question and somebody's just going to go flip a switch and be like, Oh, all right, I can do this now. Right? Like it's not something that just happens overnight because however old you are is however many years of conditioning you have in the same patterns in your life. They don't go away overnight. It just doesn't happen. You can make like dramatic and, and very um, quantum leap shifts, but it doesn't happen overnight. So I have to start there because if you don't hear that before I give you the sort of formula, it doesn't really start to work. Gotcha. I think the, the thing that we need to understand is, is that the key to being able to take ownership and accountability is really self-awareness. What, what we know is that our minds process 11 million bits of information per second, but we're only consciously aware of about 40. And so what that would suggest is that we're largely led by the unconscious. So it's no wonder that people feel like they're a victim. It's no wonder that they people, like, people feel like life is fate. And it's no wonder that they feel like they have no influence or control over their destinies. So what that tells us though, is that we have to go through a systematic process of moving the unconscious to the conscious, the unaware to the aware, so that we can then be intentional with it. Mm. So 
This can be done through a number of different techniques. I'm going to hit just a couple of them quickly, but there's no like absolute, this is exactly where you will find it. Okay. What I would tell you is that perspective points us at what's important. So perspective that we need to look at, how are we viewing our own situation, our own dealings, our own interactions, our own relationships through our own lens. But then how do we shift that lens so we can maybe see it through another perspective? Maybe the perspective of the person that's across the table from us. Maybe it's the perspective of our collective family. Maybe it's the perspective of our coworkers, right? When we truly start to be able to be aware and accountable and take ownership in our lives, it's when we start to see ourselves, maybe sometimes how others see us or others maybe don't see exactly who we are and who we've become is what the world told us to be versus who we actually are. <laughs> did you follow what I just said there? I, I, I think I did. Okay, because I, I, I realized when I said it, I went through a whole string there, but that's, that's what it comes down to, right? I think we, we have to seek perspective in our lives and ask ourselves, are our intellectual and emotional narratives true? Because that's where we start to be able to question and challenge ourselves so that we can start to take more ownership and accountability. I, I got to throw a couple things in there. One is it sounds like to me that people have to have an understanding, like you said, of yourself, but also of others. And I, I hear and I look at that as being compassionate, being having mm -hmm. compassion to understand. But I also, um, like you're saying, there's something that I used to do and I still do it continually is I make a list of the, the good and bad about myself, not the good evil kind of thing, but yeah. the what I know about myself and to be true and what I do not know about myself right. to not be true, if that makes any sense. So if anybody says sense. anything negative, I go down my checklist and go, that's correct. Perhaps that's something I need to change. Or if it's true, I say, yeah, that's right. Uh, is that kind of going along that mental? Um... I think it absolutely is. Because I think okay. we need to understand, like, there's parts about ourselves that we know. There's parts about ourselves that we don't know. There's part about, parts about ourselves that we don't know we don't know. Right? And so I think for you to have the level of awareness that it's like, okay, these are the parts about myself that I know. And it fits into two buckets, right? The stuff that I like and that is positive and contributory to my life. And then maybe some things about myself that I know I don't like, like I might have a temper or anger, I might suffer from shame that causes me to be a perfectionist or defensive, right? And, and so we know those pieces. And then there's this blind spot bucket, which is the stuff that we don't know we don't know. We need to be able to understand the spectrum of all three. And people always say, okay, great, I can sort of understand these first two, which are the two you outlined. How do I start to understand the blind spots? That's where you have to really be listening. Listening to the feedback you get from the world and also asking questions from those around you so that you don't just seek their perspective on the situation, but that you can understand very transparently, vulnerably, where are my blind spots, right? What are things about me that I don't see that you might see? Ask those questions and, and try to hear them because they will allow you to see yourself more authentically. The other place that things people can do to lean into who they are authentically, it's similar to what you talked about in terms of making two lists, but slightly different. Literally make a list on the right side of the things, people, sources of information, things that you do, activities that make you feel good. Okay. That make you, that, that eight hours could go by and feels like an hour. Like you're just in the flow. You're enjoying it. You're connected. You're building relationships. You feel worthy. You feel appreciated. You feel like you're, you're literally alive. Okay. We all know what that feels like. We get into those moments, right? With people or things that we do where we're like, oh man, this feels good. And time just flies by. Now make a counter list. What are the things, people, sources of information, things that you do, activities that make you feel badly about yourself, that make you feel drained and depleted, 
that make you feel unworthy, that make you feel like you can never do anything right, that make you feel like if I could just get that next best thing, I might be okay, right? We all know what that feels like. If we are vigilant in trying to remove or eliminate as many of the things on this negative list and lean our energy and time more into the stuff on the positive list, that in and of itself will point us closer to who we actually are because our intellect and our emotions will help us calibrate. Yep, these are the things that are about me that I enjoy, that I can contribute, that I can take control of. You know, we're, we're talking a lot about the, uh, the authentic self and it's on a personal level more than just on a, a business level. So yeah. do you ever hear people say, and I'm just throwing this out there because it does seem like people do this a lot. So how do I look today? Oh, you look great. Yeah. Then they turn around and go, God, I don't understand why he or she's wearing that. They, it seems like a lot of times that people, if you ask them direct, they won't give you the correct answer. So how does one really realize what it is about themselves uh, that is true to nature if they don't know about themselves when they ask others? Yeah, so I, th I think that's, I think that's, that's something that you have to be delicate with because I'm not saying just ask anybody and everybody around you for feedback, mm -hmm. right? I think they need to be trusted sources that have some real tangible context on who you are, right? I mean, at the end of the day, unless you're in a loveless marriage or you pissed off your spouse last night, if you ask them genuinely, hey, I'm, I'm not sure how this looks, like tell me, I think most of the time they'll give you an honest answer if that's what you're looking for, right? I think there's also like support versus advice, Right? I mm -hmm. think there's a lot of people that want to support and tell people what they think they want to hear versus what they need to hear. And you need to understand the people in your life that will tell you what you need to hear versus want to hear. And those are the ones that you want to seek that type of perspective from, I believe, because they're the ones that are going to typically have your best interest. With one caveat, there may be people who tell you what they think you need to hear that's not actually what you want to hear or need to hear. Right? And there are individuals that will tell us things that are bad or poor or demeaning about us because it makes them feel better. So I say that with a big grain of salt, like look for those people that do that, but make sure that you understand are what they telling you product or productive, objective, non-judgmental, or mm -hmm. is it steering you towards a place they want you to be? Cause those are very different things. So really becoming self-aware, becoming uh, aware of your authentic self, is not as easy as it sounds, but it is absolutely attainable. Um, it's absolutely attainable. Yeah, it's. I know that there's a lot of there's probably some differences between the authentic. Well, I don't know between the authentic self when you're on a personal level versus on a professional level. Is there is there a difference in there, or is there uh, behavioral differences, or or how does one go about now? being that authentic self in a professional environment. Yeah, so I think uh, the, the problem is I don't think that most people truly know who their authentic self is or they don't feel like they can show it in a professional environment, right? They feel like there's a role and a hat or a mask that they need to wear when they're in that environment. Mm -hmm. When I say authentic self, it's not like an unfiltered, unlike unleashed version of yourself in every capacity. But I think doing things that honor who you are, the things that you care about, the standards that you've set for your life, regardless of environment is really important. Now, how much do you allow the world to see the different layers of your authentic self is I think the better question. Because what I would encourage people to do is to show up as their authentic self in every area of their life. Recognize that there's different layers. 
So you may have a very close relationship and a friend that being your authentic self means you're also going to go in and you're going to give a very vulnerable story about a bit difficult situation that you're having with your kid right now or at work or whatever. And you're going to share everything. It's like, I, you don't have to protect yourself. You're not guarded. And oh, by the way, it's not something that is bad because you're there with a person that cares about you, loves you and wants to support you. If you take that same story and you put it in a professional environment, it may not be appropriate. Now you may have a friend that's there that, that is going to be there, but what is the purpose of what's in front of you when you're at work? The purpose is not to go in, go all of that left, let that level of depth. However, is vulnerability as a leader really important? Yeah. So could you walk into that environment and own with your coworkers that you're going through a difficult thing with one of your kids right now, right? Or you've got something that's there and you don't have to go into all the layers of detail, all the ways that it's affected you emotionally, but just own and acknowledge like, yeah, I'm dealing with some stuff right now. It's life. It makes you human and it connects you to the human experience with which we all experience. So if you honor who you are in and out of work, it's really about the layers that you show versus hiding portions of yourself. I think we need to look at that a little differently because I can show up as Brian with you who I just met and give authentically to who I am, but that doesn't mean I'm going to give the authentic level and depth and layer that I would with my wife. It's just different. Mm -hmm. I really like that, how you're putting that into layers. And immediately what I thought is I love to travel and you're going to Alaska and you always hear dress in layers. So yeah. be prepared. Um, and as you're saying, it's not that you're going to share your entire life story, the, the finer details with your coworker or your boss, um, but a close confidant, but you're true to yourself about certain things. So I, I do like that about the layers. So that's really great. Uh, is there a story that you could share with a possibly a client, a customer, or a group of people that you were with that became, this is going to sound weird, self-aware, you know, all of a sudden like, oh, Brian, I understand, and how they started and how they left in a, a particular short session or anything like that? Is there a story that you could share? Um, so there's, there's many, because this is the core of, <laughs> core of what I work with. Um, I'll, I'll tell one that I think is, is, is really meaningful. Um, it's an individual. He's, he's, uh, he's in his early forties. He's a very successful, uh, professional. He, he's a, he's a partner in a firm has had a lot of success in his business. And over, over a five-year stretch, he was growing his business by about 200 to $250,000 a year. So over the course of about five years, he had established a million dollar business, but his kids are also really high performers. There's things about his relationship because he's been with his spouse for a very, very long time. There's just all these patterns in his life and he was feeling stuck, stymied in his efforts, stymied in his efforts to fill his potential. And he just didn't feel like he could get to that next level. He never had a big breakthrough year, right? Well, in a short period of time of working with him, we uncovered that he actually has been operating with a very deep level of shame in his life that's pinned in, a, in, in, in very clear ways in a few different areas of his life that happened when he was, was being brought up, that has transferred now into his relationship, that's transferred into his professional environment. And it literally was making him feel stuck. The thing that we need to pay attention to is that people often feel stuck in life and they believe it's because they have the wrong strategy or tactics in their life. Strategy and tactics will only get you so far. The truth is the majority of people feel stuck because they've got some combination of emotional triggers, behavioral pattern, or environmental conditioning that's keeping them in that self-defeating place. The patterns literally repeat themselves. 
So by moving this position into a place of shame and starting to then understand what his shame triggers are, he can pause in those moments and have a higher level of self-awareness and tell himself, I can choose a different path. I don't have to get defensive in this situation. I don't have to try to justify my worth in this situation. I don't have to fit the mold of what the world has told me I need to be because that's what I operate with in shame. And so as he started to move through this from a self-awareness standpoint, his relationship started to improve with his wife, the communication improved with his wife. And literally the last 12 months, I told you he built a million dollar business in five years. He grew his book by a million dollars in the last 12 months. So he now doubled his business in a year because he was able to start to remove himself of this. Now we're 12 months into an engagement. Most clients work with me for between nine and 12 months. They get transformational change in that time. Well, we just unpacked a whole nother piece, which is that he's got this level of anger that he's been dealing with. It was rooted in shame. And we're now having to see how this is manifesting in his life. But we've now moved two major negative emotional blocks in his life into a place of conscious awareness. And he's starting to actually be able to move through them, not shut them off, not ignore them, not, not, not just shut off fear and, and, and shame and all these things, but to take control of them and understand them. That's what self-awareness is because now he can be intentional as a result of his actions. Wow, that's actually a really pretty powerful story. Um, so it's, that's something everybody can, everybody, um, can do. everybody can do and attain. Now, as far as uh, your business and what you do, because you are a, uh, a, a motivational speaker, your performance coach, whether it be for personal level or uh, corporate level, how does one go about contacting you to better themselves or help their business this interview will continue after this short announcement yeah so i think one of the best places is to go to brianbogert.com um it's got uh, we, we put a lot of free content out there um you know i mentioned quickly earlier that we were on a mission to impact a billion lives and we're very aware that 99.99999 percent will never pay us a dollar we're very okay with that because we know the ones that want to will lean into it and invest and they'll create all the resources we need to substantiate that impact so brianborger.com is a great place where you'll see a lot of those free resources, a lot of the videos, uh, a lot of the teaching moments, a lot of the articles that we've had published in Forbes and other places. My social handles are all connected on there as well, at Bogert Brian. Um, so that's another great place. And there's ways to contact me, obviously, through both of those things and our team. Um, we'll obviously help manage some of those responses. Uh, and then in an effort to just pay it forward, and I just give full disclosure on this. Yes, there's, there's an email element to this, um, but I have a free resource for everybody. If they want to go to nolimitsprelude.com, it's a succinct version of a lot of our coaching philosophies that help you guide yourself on your own intrinsic journey. Ask some of those same questions to figure out how do I become more self-aware? How do I better understand who I am? And so whether you have no idea who you are, you're well on that path or you're somewhere in between, this will be a free resource for you. Go to nolimitsprelude.com. Um, and if that's all you need, take it and run. The only thing we ask is anything that you consume of ours that you think resonates, that is, is credible, that has an impact in your life, please like, comment, and share. Because again, if we want to have these share truly to elevate and empower people around us uh, on a free perspective, it happens through collective impact with everybody's efforts to do that. Yeah, that's absolutely true. A, a collective in, uh, impact is, is a great term. Uh, for people who may, I'm just going to say non-believers in this, how is it, or is there is there something in certain individuals that just cause them not to look at themselves and then you know, they're, they're just either saying everything is good. I'm, I'm doing fine. Everything's right. Uh, what is it about those folks that they're, they're not really seeing or realizing that change equals growth in a lot of situations? Is, is there like this standard thing where you, 
that those folks can fit into. I, I don't know if I'm putting that in there. Yeah, the, no, no, uh, I, I think I know term. what you're saying. I mean, here's the thing, like the world literally tells us to reduce, eliminate, or avoid pain. And I think that's why a lot of people do that. And I think there's, a, there's painful moments, there's trauma, there's, there's hurt, there's things that people have shut off the feelings for because the external world has told us that we can't feel, right? The external world has told us from the time we were a little kid, you should do this, you shouldn't do that, you should be this, you shouldn't be that, you should chase this, you shouldn't chase that, right? It, there's all these layers that are put on top of us, literally, that all of a sudden we're just this empty shell of who we once were and we feel lost. But that also creates pain. And we think that the best way to move through the world is to shove all that stuff down, put on our armor, right? And show up in the world because if we've got our armor, we're protected. We don't have to be vulnerable. We can, we can be good. We can be strong. Problem is, is that most of us don't realize that the weight of that armor is actually crushing us slowly over time. So it's actually about eliminating the armor, showing up and being vulnerable and being authentic to be real with ourselves that where we are is not where we want to be. Who we are is not who we want to be. It's a version of who we once were because we've bought into what the world has told us. Mm. I did that. I had an intellectual narrative that served me very well for a long time. And I was blind to it until my early thirties. What I didn't realize is when I shut off physical pain, I also shut off emotional pain. Here's the caveat, not the caveat. Here's the, here's the catch. If you don't feel, you don't heal. So I think when people say they're good, they're happy. I would just ask them to ask themselves. If I'm being honest with myself and I don't have to justify it to anybody, is that really true? And if it is great, live your life, like have fun. Cause that's what everybody chases is to be good, be strong, have joy, freedom, and fulfillment. But if there's even a glimmer of it, that's not, I'd start asking some different questions and start trying to find a way to lower that armor, because that is where you're going to start to move towards who you really are and having the freedom and joy in your life that you desire. I guess that's kind of like what you said earlier about the, a boss being vulnerable. They don't have to have this shield and I'm the boss uh, showing some vulnerability actually sounds like it opens up the world and lets people in. It, yeah. You can, um, there's certain things that are familiar. You re recognize certain things in others when yeah. we're allowed to be vulnerable. And I guess that to me uh, is that you understand compassion and passion at, at that point in time. It's, That's right. Now I can understand what that boss is going through. Now I know why he or she's um, having a bad day. Um, possibly I might be able to do something by understanding and listening to help them. So yeah. I like the vulnerability part. So that's nice. Well, uh, vulnerability and authenticity are the glue that binds human connection. So that's what I think we're all hardwired to desire. So if we actually lean into that and we recognize that if that's what we desire, we have to be vulnerable and we have to be authentic. It makes it very simple. It's simple, but not easy. Yeah. You, right. So how about this? Is there anything that's an external force that can actually help you get to that point, whether it be a vacation or whether it be a certain purchase or anything like that? Or is that attaching a material thing to an emotional thing? So is that a bad thing to do or? No, I don't think it's a bad thing to do. I think that there's different ways that you can invest in yourself. Sometimes they are material things. Sometimes it is a trip. You know, for me, it's about connecting my, my, my mind and my heart. It's about getting in my body. It's about creating opportunities to eliminate the noise in the world right mm. so um something that i i use every single day is is some just sometimes a simple meditation sitting in quiet just for a little while helps you become more vulnerable with yourself helps you be more authentic with yourself which is then how you can start to show up to do it i go do sensory deprivation tanks and floats at least once a month and once a quarter that's a very good place because it literally eliminates all noise all sensory input that you could experience and i am a big fan of going on for lack of a better term a, a personal or spiritual type retreat 
right? Mm -hmm. So if you can go, and in fact, my wife is getting ready to do that this weekend. She's going away for three nights, no kids, no friends. She's going away just simply to be with herself, to sit with what she needs to sit with and raise her level of vulnerability and authenticity in the world. She and I do that for each other at least once a quarter where we'll go away. So I believe that, that, that if you aren't sure, quiet the noise and you'll start to see clarity. So a quiet place, not the movie. So a quiet... <laughs> yeah, not the movie. That's scary. <laughs> so a quiet place really does help. Uh, that's what it sounds like to me because it, it seems like a lot of times there's so much noise out there and it doesn't have to be, you know, chatter or, or a gardener or something like that. There's, there's just noise in the head. Uh, Puns. So going and purposely removing yourself and giving yourself a break. And like you said, uh, a deprivation type of tank or may, maybe, maybe a dark closet. Yeah, just close honestly, the door and like, sit in there because the clothes will filter out the sound and just sit there. Don't... I think a lot of people, to me, it seems like that they'll think this is foolish. I'm going to look stupid. So don't think that. Just agree. Do it, right? Just agree. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. 100%. And I, and I think you're right. A dark closet, a corner, a, what, a, find, a, find a space. Um, but, but do it. It's, it's about doing it, not intending to do it. You're definitely giving me a lot of thoughts that, you know, it's coming into my head. It's, it's literally just not overwhelming, but it's just coming at me. And I, I'm trying to listen to everything that you're saying, but there's such great information. And it's just, it kind of like turned on the light bulb and like, ah, cool. I wonder if this will work. So, yeah, I, no, but you're exactly right. I mean, I think a, a dark closet, that's a great place, by the way, a dark closet, it eliminates sound, all the clothes. That's it. I, I love that. And I have actually recommended that before. So I love it. Yeah, and I think I, the way that you're you're interacting back and forth on this, I think, is adding inherently more value to your listeners. This is cool. Yeah, here's the big part: it's free. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, anything to go in your closet, right? Because a lot of that's times right. people worry about the cost, and then then that's an excuse. Well, I'm not going to do that, or I can't afford to do that, or I don't. They're not telling you, but they're saying to themselves, yeah. "I don't want to spend the money." And that, to me, almost is like, well, what are you worth? You know. Mm -hmm. So would that be something else is don't look at how much something costs. It, it's you're priceless is yeah. this is the no, take I, that I'm getting for you is you're priceless. You need to do what you have to need to, to get yourself to that point. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I think the problem is, is that most people look at um, spending money on themselves or doing things for themselves or even creating time for themselves as a cost or an expense. You said it perfectly. Uh, what, and we know, by the way, experts in habit formation even call it an upfront energy tax. Like they, they, That's the terminology the industry experts use. Wow. And I would encourage us to stop looking at it as a cost, stop looking at it as an expense, stop looking at it as a tax, and start viewing it as an investment in our future self. The reality of it is investing in yourself is the best investment you can ever make. It's going to pay the greatest dividends, the greatest rewards, the greatest returns on that time, energy, and money. Guaranteed. It just will. Because you will experience life differently when you are having the ability to invest in yourself, raise your level of awareness, become more of who you already are. So I want to simplify something because it's, it's not about finding massive amounts of time necessarily, although that happens, right? My wife's going away for three nights. That's a big chunk of time. But that's years into our patterning of figuring out how to create space and quietness for each other. But so many people say, I don't have time. Five minutes a day. Five minutes a day. That's all I want to challenge you to find. Five minutes a day. 
If you do five minutes a day, every single day of the year, that's 30 hours in a year. You've given yourself almost an entire professional work week of investment in yourself with five minutes a day. So if all you did was go sit in quiet for five minutes a day, you've just given yourself 30 hours in a year of space, of quiet, of eliminating the noise that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And I promise you, you will be more self-aware as a result of it. That's a great closing to this <laughs> uh, because we there's got to be folks out there who procrastinate more than five minutes a day about doing exactly what you just challenged the listeners and the viewers to do is just take five minutes and sit there in the quiet and let yourself yeah. relax or go. So don't, pro don't spend 10 minutes procrastinating. Just take five minutes and, and do it. Right. That's right. Uh, I was trying to be mindful about your time because time is valuable. Time is something that we can't get back. And I think that was a perfect spot to end unless there's anything else more that you want to throw in with this, uh, Brian, because I definitely want the listeners and the viewers to know that there are services available through you, through your company, and they can go to Brian Bogart uh, company yep. or just brianbogart.com. It's just brianbogart.com. Yep. Okay. So there's a lot of information on there. So folks can check that out, but um, uh, oh, I lied. I fibbed. I just want to touch just very, very briefly on uh, a different, a little bit more difference between the personal and the professional growth. Uh, and let's lean okay. towards the professional growth. How does one begin with a professional growth if they find themselves stuck at a company? Yeah. So again, I think there's some context that's important to answer the question because it, you know, somebody might be stuck because there's literally nowhere else to go vertically, right? Somebody might be stuck because they don't have um, the resources to be able to in invest and expand in their whatever division or their role that they're in. Someone could be stuck with their own professional development um, just holistically because they may lack, you know, mentorship or leadership or guidance. And so that's kind of what I would ask just to answer that question is like, what situation do you fit in? Because that, that's important to understand. But let's just focus on the professional development. Like, how do I grow? And we'll just look at it holistically and assume there's no limitations mm -hmm. um, inherently. I think first there has to be a desire to actually grow, right? So there are people who will say I'm stuck, but they don't necessarily have a profound desire to grow, but they want more, right? And, and so they'll want more money. They'll want a better flexible schedule. They'll want more benefits, but they aren't necessarily willing to make changes in and of themselves to actually grow. They just want, they don't want to grow. And so I think that's a really important thing to start with is do you genuinely want to grow? Because if you do, you can find plenty of resources. And I would say that if you want to grow, do you have a supervisor? Have you had an actual conversation about your own performance, opportunities for development and growth, opportunities for upward mobility within the organization, opportunities for mentorship, coaching, guidance internally, opportunities for training in whatever skill set or profession that you're in? If you want to grow, have you asked for those things already? If the answer is no from your organization, what resources exist outside of your workplace that could still help you grow professionally, potentially in your industry? Are there industry certifications? Are there mentorships? Are there roundtables with other leaders that you can kind of go put yourself in that room and learn and grow together? Are there coaches that you could example to hire within your industry that could give you very specific tangible ways to do so? So I obviously just threw a whole bunch of out there 
But that's a great place to start. Do I actually want to grow or do I just want more? If you answer that I actually want to grow, then look internally for resources first, have a structured conversation, evaluate all the opportunities that exist. If they don't, look externally. That's a great place to start. I think if I give any more, it's going to be too much for people to actually implement. Yeah, uh, that, that was perfect. And my takeaway on that is you really needed to ask yourself, do you truly want to grow or do you just want more? And I'd never, ever thought about it that way. So thank you very much. I mean, that in itself is invaluable. Uh, well, hey, this has been fantastic. I really enjoyed our conversation today. So I do appreciate you giving everybody and giving myself the time to just meet you and just listen to what you had to hear or what you had to say. Yeah, well, thank you for creating a platform for me to be able to put good into the world. And uh, it's only because of, you know, you putting in the effort and building this that, that gives me the opportunity to even be here with you. So thank you, Chuck. It was a pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. Well, thank you very much. Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for, uh, check. Hey. Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for listening to this podcast in its entirety. And I hope you did. Because there was a lot of information that Brian gave out. And as he mentioned, go to his website. There's a lot more that he has to offer. And you can also use Brian Bogert and his company as a resource for yourself for personal or professional growth. Now, this particular podcast will be released as a video as well. And the video is powerful, if not more so than this podcast. It's fantastic. I will be releasing that shortly, and I will leave a link in the description along with the day that this podcast will be released as a video on my YouTube channel. The next thing is, please like, share, rate, and comment on this podcast. It's great that you folks do that on the Facebook uh, posting, but if you wouldn't mind, please rate it, share it, comment, all that stuff on the channel that you're listening to this um, podcast on because that really helps with my ranking or you know, our ranking. So more people will find it easily and that means that I'm going to have a higher ranking, higher rating, which also in turn means that I could possibly get more guests. So again, Thank you very much, and until next time, have a great one, and look for more podcasts from Open Mic with Chuck Tut. See you later.